0: I've repeatedly told clients to not waste their money and time on genetic testing, which doesn't provide any direction for what to do appropriately. Kashif Khan was wonderful at changing my mind about genetic testing. In today's episode, we answer three questions. How do neurochemicals drive different behaviors? Why does that lead to different sleep patterns? What can we do about it? Kashif Khan is CEO and founder of the DNA company where personalized medicine is being pioneered through unique insights into the human genome. Science outreach has become a passion project for Kashif and he educates about functional genomics, in an accessible format on his podcast, the Unpilled Podcast and his social media platforms. Let's get started. Hey everyone, I'm Deepa Light Functional Medicine Practitioner, Author in New Guinea, and you're listening to the Sleep Whisperer podcast, the only sleep podcast with conversations and meditations. I'm on a mission to share profoundly insightful sleep conversations with global visionaries that merge together functional medicine and ancient wisdom. Breathe in bliss through weekly guided meditations and let yourself enter the land of dreams. Together, let's unravel the pieces, get to the roots and understand the right tools to transform your sleep completely. Through this podcast, I want you to dream the best version of yourself. It's time to regain hope and begin your sleep journey. Kashif, welcome to the Sleep Whisperer podcast. a pleasure to host you today and we're talking about genetics, how root cause of sleep disruption can occur at a genetic level and... um, Before we jump into our conversation about genetics and how it interplays with sleep, I'd love for you to give us a little peek into Kashif and how the company started and what prompted you in the direction of genetics.
1: For sure. So first of all, pleasure to be here and happy to share with your audience. They're gonna learn some really cool stuff today. I know they're gonna be excited. Um, So my personal journey in health Showed me that genetics was an amazing tool, but it wasn't really built properly. So, rare genetic conditions that you know you have that are innate, there was a really good job being done around those. So, disease centric type thing. But the main problems we deal with cardiovascular health, aging, performance, energy, sleep, mood, you know, diet, it didn't inform a lot of those things. And so, we did a lot of research and we realized that. The genome was being misinterpreted and it's not just about genetic conditions, but if you understand what each gene is instructing, you now know how well your body does each job. And if you know how well your body does each job, you know what your risks are and you more importantly know why you have those risks, which means you know what to do about it. You know what to do to make sure you don't have the problem. So that's the journey we went down. We formed the DNA company and since then we've helped thousands and thousands of people.
0: And I'm already curious as to get this done for myself because obviously I've wondered a lot about this. People have sent me huge reports once they've done some genetic testing and they've never known anything to do using that report. And it just lies there and it looks so... I mean, vague to them that really that's. I, I wondered. In fact, I went out to tell a few clients that it's unnecessary to do yes. these tests. Uh, so it's, it's quite revealing that you shared that. But of course, I'd like to keep our conversation today focused on sleep. And there's been. S- so much contradictory information spoken on the podcast by different people in terms of sleep chronotypes, genetics, mm-hmm. and uh, of course, those who don't agree with that at all. But I think you'd probably offer us more of a balanced view. So I'm really yeah. looking forward to diving deep into that. But maybe we can start about... um how where does genetics interplay with sleep like i mean what what happens do neurochemicals sure. drive different behaviors so we could talk a little bit about that and then go specifically into different sleep patterns sure.
1: so i think the the challenge has been and why it didn't work is because everyone's looking for like the sleep gene like what's that gene that's causing my sleep problem that's not the way the body works and that's why there's failure And it's same with every problem. Everyone's looking for this magic switch that you can turn on or off and you don't have the problem anymore. It's more complex, but we made that complexity simple to understand. So let me give you an example. You talk about neurochemicals. So there's a brain chemical called BDNF. It's a gene, BDNF, brain-derived neurotropic factor. It instructs to what degree does your brain with efficiency produce brain-derived neurotropic factor. And the most studied... Result of that is neuroplasticity, how well you develop neural pathways in your brain. And this is how your brain sends information in all these little micro highways. And you, how well do you build those highways? Do you have a lot of them or a little bit of them? And that may affect your mood. The one thing that this does that isn't spoken of is it regulates your circadian rhythm, your clock, your internal clock. So the BDNF gene is highly implicit in regulating that. So now we know when somebody has the suboptimal version of BDNF, that their internal clock doesn't work as well. This means that person may have a slightly more difficult time falling asleep. This is a very specific problem. It's not staying asleep. It's not quality of sleep. They may have a problem falling asleep if they don't have a highly structured routine. Now, we, if we isolate this as the genetic profile, we now know exactly what to do about it. This person needs to wake up at the exact same time every day and right away, they need to get either 20 minutes of sunlight or vitamin D because that tells the body, the clock has started. They need that extra. point. Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm. This
1: person needs to stop three or four times a day to breathe just two minutes of just deep breathing to signal to their body. The day has continued. The clock has continued. This person needs to do some kind of low intensity exercise like yoga or sauna in the evening, boosting their BDNF levels, right? This person needs to have a very strict regimen of turning their phone and laptop off one hour minimum before going to sleep because they can't handle the blue light. The blue light signals to their brain daytime and their clock doesn't work. So their brain gets confused and think, well, it's not time for me to sleep. I'm not going to bind melatonin. I'm not going to bind that hormone, which is what puts me to sleep. Our ancestors used to see the amber glow of fire that was the standard you didn't have lights and you know electricity you had fire and this is for thousands and thousands and thousands of years our genetics are still waiting for that so people with the suboptimal bdnf they actually need to see that amber glow which you can do through glasses or the lighting in order to signal let's bind melatonin and go to sleep so now you have this one profile and there's many profiles, we can talk about many, where we can be very specific about not it's a sleep gene or you have bad sleep. Why? What's happening? And what do I do about it? Then you get to certainty, you get to benefit, you get to optimal sleep. And we can keep going. There's many of these.
0: Oh, absolutely. And I was just going to tell you that it's so interesting. You spoke about BDNF being discussed only in the context of neuroplasticity. But uh, in my book on sleep, which is releasing this year by Harper Collins, I've written about BDNF in the context of sleep. Oh, amazing. Uh,
1: amazing. So
0: it was very interesting for me to hear that. But yes, it was so interesting that I'd love to deep dive into several of these.
1: Sure. So even so just following up on BDNF, if you do have the suboptimal, we also have to look at your vitamin D pathway. Because if you do not metabolize, so vitamin D is very complex in terms of micronutrients and how your body actually takes it in. Most micronutrients, there's one gene that converts it, metabolizes it, and then you put it into the cell and you use it. Because vitamin D is so important, of the 22,000 genes that make up your human genome, 2,000 require vitamin D to express properly, to actually do their job. So if you don't have enough vitamin D, 10% of your human biochemistry is failing. That's how important it is. So if you are suboptimal for vitamin D, meaning you either don't convert sunlight into that D3 well, or you don't transport it, there's another gene that transports it to the cell, or you don't bind it, there's there's another gene that binds it, so three steps, then you need a much higher dose, or you might need two doses, because you can't transport it fast enough, or you can't bind it fast enough. And now that's a co-factor. So if we say BDNF is off, we now need to go to the next step. Well, now we need to look at vitamin D also because it's a supportive of that clock, right? So that's another profile. So then there's different sleep problems. I can fall asleep is not the only sleep problem. The biggest one that we actually find that is misunderstood until we actually talk to people and they realize, oh yeah, you're right. That's what's happening. It's that they can't stay asleep. So they don't have a problem falling asleep. They don't have a problem sleeping through the night and waking up feeling ready for the next day some people don't it's more that in the later part of the night they're in and out in and out in and out in and out it's nowhere near the same quality as the first half so now people have this problem and they might go take some melatonin or they might go turn their laptops off but they're solving the wrong problem because they didn't have a problem falling asleep they had a problem staying asleep so just like melatonin puts you to sleep serotonin wakes you up so there's that chemical where in the first half of your night, the purpose of that sleep is to recover. All of the toxins, pollutants, food, stress, everything I did the day before, my body is going to clean all that up. The second half, your body is producing what it needs for the next day. Let's make my hormones. Let's make my brain chemicals. Let's re- repair muscle tissue. Let's do all this stuff that's going to have me ready to go. So in that second half, at some point, your body is waiting for sunlight to pierce through your eyelid to trigger the binding of serotonin that you just finished making. And that's what's supposed to wake you up, like truly, truly wake you up. Now, if your serotonin is dysregulated, your brain doesn't know which stimulus to focus on. So is it the sunlight? Is it the hubby's foot that's too cold touching me? Is it somebody pulling on the blanket, rubbing my skin? Is it some animal making noise outside? In that second half, if your serotonin is dysregulated, the brain can't prioritize and know what to focus on. So it's waking you up for everything. And then you're in and out, in and out, dreaming awake, dreaming awake, dreaming awake. And so your sleep quality is disrupted. So the solutions these people need are very different. They need potentially a separate blanket or even a separate bed for some people. They need zero light leakage. They need to have a cooler on their mattress to keep their temperature cool so they don't overheat. They need weight on their blanket to give them that cocoon, cuddle feeling. And and there's more. We can keep talking about it, but you can see how it's a different problem with very different solutions.
0: Oh, absolutely. And this sounded just like me and I was just yeah. smiling inside because I need all that, the separate space, the weight on me, yeah. all of it, yeah. the extra blanket. I mean, it just sounded so much. And once I do that, I have great sleep and yeah. I'm able to go through the night. Lovely.
1: For sure. And now there's there's also supplements that people can take because keep in mind the habits around what you're doing with your sleep hygiene, let's call it, what what are you doing with your mattress, your blanket, et cetera. Uh, those things are new and take time to accelerate things. You can take supplements that may get you into that deep sleep state and keep you there. Right. So, um, and there's, there's lots of things, ashwagandha, there's tryptophan, you know, there's five um, HTP, which helps you bind serotonin, Um, melatonin obviously so there's a lot that can be done there too so now there's another profile we can speak of which is some people fall asleep on time they sleep through the night but when they wake up they don't feel rested like what happened i slept for eight hours why do i feel like i need more so in the current reality that we live in the toxic burden is much higher than what our ancestors had to deal with The chemicals the food it's surrounding us everywhere whatever you clean your house with whatever shampoo you used on your hair your frying pan you know the whatever makes your grass and garden look so beautiful all the chemicals this load is way more than our ancestors had to deal with and what we're not genetically prepared for so our body isn't designed to clear so now if like we said before the first half of your sleep is primarily around getting rid of all the problems of the day before detoxifying, you know, getting, dealing with all that stuff, but the genetics of your detox pathways aren't the best, which is very possible. There's certain. So let's take, for example, the glutathione pathway glutathione is this chemical that will go bind onto toxins, help them be cleared to the liver and metabolized and cleared. And now all of a sudden they're out of your body you pee them out or you poop them out or whatever you do, right? You sweat them out. It's possible to be completely missing. Forget about what version or what SNP, or what variant. It's possible to be missing some of these genes. It's called a copy number variation. It's a really rare trait that only certain genes have where mom or dad maybe didn't give you the gene, completely missing. Now imagine if you're missing some of your key detox genes and you're sleeping on a memory foam mattress that's made out of pure chemicals. And every time you roll over, you're popping little bubbles of gas that you're breathing. You're sleeping on a synthetic pillow that every time your sweat combines with the pillow, you're breathing things, et cetera. You know, your your laundry was just done with some toxic cheap soap that you're now on your bed sheet breathing in. So you can start to paint the picture of all these environmental threats that you maybe didn't consider at the time at the time that deep sleep, when you're meant to be detoxifying, you're exposing yourself to another toxic load where your body just can't keep up if your genes aren't wired for that. Some people, no problem. Some people are super detoxifiers and we can determine this genetically very easily. So there's a whole other profile with a whole other different problem, which has nothing to do with take some melatonin, turn your laptop off, has nothing to do with separate blanket, uh, let's block the sunlight. This has to do with internal misfunction and external overburden of toxins.
0: And Kashif, I must ask you this if, before you have, if you have any other um, variants to discuss with us that do you have something Uh when you offer testing which is just specific to looking at sleep or mood because oftentimes you go into a site, it looks so overwhelming. As I said, most people get such huge reports, they just don't know. So, do you have more targeted options? And is that how you work people through it without overwhelming them with genetics That's
1: exactly what was broken in genetics and what we fixed. Data is dumb. I don't need a bunch of information. I need insights. Tell me what it means.
0: Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I think that was just missing. And I'm going to take back my words today of what I've probably told several people that genetic testing is useless because you really opened my eyes.
1: So testing is just that. It's just testing. All a test does, it tells you what version of what gene do you have. Now someone has to interpret it. That's how you take dumb data and make it smart and useful, which is what did we do? We spent three years studying 7,000 people. We tracked them for months and months and months to understand if your genes look like this, and you eat like this, and you behave like this, what does it equal? Right? Now we have the insight. So when you log into our portal, it's not a report. It's a portal with a mood and behavior section where you can look up Addiction, anxiety, depression, procrastination, burnout. These are the actual problems I have to deal with. I don't want to know about the genes. I want to know what's my problem and how do I fix it? There's an entire selection just on sleep, a whole section with many reports that tell you, here's the reason why you can't sleep at night. And here's, by the way, the recommendations for that specific problem. There's four other areas we look at. So it's mood and behavior, sleep. Then we look at disease like cardiovascular, diabetes, Alzheimer's, et cetera. Uh, again, what is the risk, not genetic risk, but what's going on in your body that may cause that disease to develop? So how can you reverse and prevent it? Then we look at immunity and detoxification. What's happening at the actual cellular level? How well is your body maintaining the health of the cell, which is where age aging comes from, which is where inflammation comes from, which is where disease comes from. So we look at all that. Then we look at hormones, because your hormones will determine hair, skin, body type, muscle gain, fat loss, but also all the female issues of infertility, menopause, fibromyalgia, menstrual cycle, all these gray areas, which are actually very black and white. If you look at them genetically, it's very easy to just determine versus this. I don't know how I feel. And the doctor says, well, you're a woman, you're supposed to have problems because it's your hormones. That's kind of the answer women get. It's not like that at all. It's actually very easy to solve if you understand it genetically. Uh, And the other big area is diet nutrition. So should I be a vegan? should I go on the keto diet? Should I go get rid of all my carbs? Because I I heard from somebody that carbs make me fat. The answer is different for different people. And I, I hate seeing the pain of people going through trial and error, trial and error. One size fits all. I just watched a YouTube video. Hopefully this works for me. What if we know what actually works for you? You don't have to guess, right? So we, we map out all the macro and micro micronutrients and what does your body use efficiently? So what should your diet look like, right? And the last section, a seventh additional section is we take all of these six things that we talked about and we reinterpret them for longevity. So how do I add 15 extra years to my life, but not years in the hospital, years playing with my gar- grandchildren and riding my bike, like true longevity, anti-aging, right? So there's a whole section on that, head to toe, the entire body, what are the habits you should adopt to have maximum health span, as we call it. So this came to us because we realized, me as a patient, when I tried to use my genetics, I couldn't understand it until I talked to a PhD, who then had to tell me, and then I talked to three PhDs, they told me three different things. So I realized the key number one thing we needed was the interpretation. That's when we launched our study, 7,000 people over three years. And we documented everything we could see. And now it's all in the algorithm and it populates those portals I was talking about.
0: Wonderful. And I know you took us through three different versions, basically in terms of sleep, in terms of falling asleep, inability to stay asleep, and then of course, detoxification. But One of the sections that I wrote in my book, and I realized this because my son is born with a genetic disorder called congenital adrenal hyperplasia. So he doesn't Mm -hmm. produce cortisol and aldosterone and he's steroid dependent. Along the way, I started to realize that, I mean, it's an autosomal recessive condition. So both the parents are carriers and um, I realized that carriers of this condition, they may not have, they won't have the condition, but they struggle to detoxify um, cortisol. So when uh, there's a stressful event, uh, I have this peak of stress, and then it can take me several days to yeah. calm myself down, no matter what I do, I feel adrenaline, I feel anxious, heart racing, and it's very challenging. So I've had to along the way set certain parameters for myself on a daily basis, no emails after 5pm, no queue to get myself stressed. So my question to you is, have you noticed anything in this context where you've discovered perhaps something which somebody is more prone to anxiety or high stress, inability to detoxify catecholamines, anything like that, which is very impactful to sleep, of course.
1: Yeah. So that the f- number four of the five sleep sections we look at is stress and brain response. So how does your brain spinning either cause you or prevent you from sleeping? And th- here's what we see. It's, it's a functional answer. So again, it's not this gene equals that. It's more like, okay, you have this innate problem. Is it expressing as a two out of 10 problem or a nine out of 10 problem? So we have to look at, yes, you have this thing, but it's possible to have this thing and it to not be a burden if everything else is brought down. So what is the everything else? Well, if your serotonin response is off, like we said, and maybe your dopamine response is also off. Dopamine is the chemical that allows you to experience pleasure and reward, satisfaction. It's a satisfaction chemical. So if you have low receptors, we can which we can determine genetically, your receptors are just not dense enough to actually bind the dopamine. It's hard for you to experience pleasure, right? So now, if you also have a fast clearance, we can determine not only to what degree or intensity do you feel it, but how long does it last? So if it for you it's very quick clearance, for example, and you mix that with serotonin response where every detail matters, this causes what we call a high functioning anxiety meaning this person is constantly seeking reward because they never feel good enough. So they're always the next thing and the next thing and the next thing, because it doesn't feel good and it doesn't last long enough. So they're on to the next one. They're on to the next one. And <clears throat> excuse me, because their serotonin response is off. They also notice every little detail about everything and everything bugs them. Oh, right? That completely sounds completely.
0: like me completely.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So now imagine those are the lenses that you see the world through. The, the situation is the same, but you're truly seeing a different that layer of anxiety put on top of your innate genetic problem causes you to feel this thing more, right? We can look at other genes, ADR2B, ADR2B determines your noradrenaline response. And there's some people that are much more likely to imprint and bind negative, tra- like trauma, negative stimulus and so when you and me are doing something and god forbid there's a car accident or something happens there's some people that just jump in another car and drive home there's some people like i can't go on that street for the next 3 months because they're associating it with the the feeling or the pain that they had they rec- the recall not only the information but actually the feeling that's what trauma is and there's genetics behind and
0: would different... I'm, I want to stop you for a second, Kashif, because, you know, there's so much talk about trauma these days. And really, it's coming up as the root of a lot of challenges, be it in yeah. how we work, our personality, how we interact in relationships. And I'm I'm just going to leave our listeners by saying that, you know, I'd love to have you back once to talk specifically about trauma, but we can come to that later.
1: Sure. Yeah. We can spend hours talking about trauma. There's so much we can talk about. So you can, you can start to understand that if you know your brain map, we know the neurochemicals they're already understood. We understand how they make you behave and how they make you feel. We now know what genes drive the intensity of the neurochemical, the duration of the neurochemical, right? And and you can really get specific on who you are. And that offers you two things. How do you perceive the world? So what's a problem? What's not a problem? And how does the world perceive you? Because when somebody says it's actually not that bad, maybe it isn't. When somebody says, you know, uh, you didn't get it done on time, maybe you didn't right? Because maybe you're, maybe you have the opposite dopamine response that you have very high dopamine response, a very slow, clearance, so you're constantly satisfied. Everything is good. And so you don't do anything because you're not motivated and you feel like it's already good enough. I don't need to try And imagine doing that in a team of people at the office, it doesn't work. Right? So understanding again, your perception and people's perception of you, for me, that's half of healing, of healing any problem. Because You understand the reality of your problem. Then you fix the actual problem, right? including sleep. And this is a big one for sleep.
0: Beautiful. And I know that we don't have too much time, but I'd love for you to wrap this up because sometimes I feel that um, some listeners might just feel, oh, it's. I mean, it seems overwhelming. So maybe you could just bring it all together and walk us through a few steps into how people might... Probably look at taking the test. Uh, What do they, what do they, do you have different options? And then what will they get from that in terms of managing their sleep?
1: So it's, we very purposefully made one product with one set of reports. We don't want people to have options and not know what to do. We know that everybody needs all of this information, even if they think they don't. If you're only here to solve sleep, we still want you to know about your diet nutrition. We still want you to know about your hormones because these tools will be the foundation for every health problem you have, right? And every health problem you're trying to prevent also. So we, the same seven things are given to everybody, mood and behavior, diet, and nutrition, hormones, diseases, cardiovascular, diabetes, et cetera, innate cellular health, uh, immunity and detox and sleep right? So we have to understand that when you deal with these areas, you've dealt with everything that causes chronic disease and aging. And if you do that, you should not have a chronic disease, you should not have diabetes, you should not have cholesterolemia, you should not have breast cancer. Why do these things all not happen when we're 12 years old? Why do they happen when we're 50? Because you don't you don't have them, you're not born with them. They take time to develop for making the wrong choices, but the choices are different for all of us. So and going back to sleep, again, because we've studied 7,000 people and more than 50% of them told us that they have sleep problems, because that's the current reality. every petty can't sleep properly. We were forced to fix this problem. And we've understood there's five big areas that are disrupting people's sleep. It's BDNF and circadian rhythm. It's serotonin and stimulus response. Uh, it's environmental chemicals and detox capacity. Uh, it's mood and behavior and the stress and anxiety response, and it's diet nutrition, insulin and uh, metabolic health. Is your body struggling to metabolize foods? So we now know that every single person that we saw in those 7,000 people that reported to have sleep trouble, they all fit into one of these buckets. Unless it was a clinical problem, like they need, they have sleep apnea, and they need a mask, for example, that's a different problem. But that's a small fraction majority are these chronic issues where the kids can't figure it out, right? Now we know I can read my genetic map. I can understand exactly who I am and what what my exposure is. And I know exactly what to do about it for me, not somebody else's problem and solution, my problem and solution. So we very purposely made one product and one test. It's called the DNA 360. Uh, The website is the dnacompany.com. And there's literally just one test. It's the dnacompany.com. The DNA 360 is a test. Everything that I spoke of is in the same test. Then one last thing, there's some people that say, I like this, this is powerful. Can I work with a clinician? Can I work with a coach? So we do have coaches and functional genomic practitioners that will help build plans and things if you need. If somebody wants to go deeper and say, just, just fix this for me, take my DNA and fix my problem. You know, there's some people that need that level of support. So we've been doing that. Um, having said that, Every ounce of information you need is in the reports and it's very, very easy to
0: use. Beautiful, Kashi. Thank you so much for your wisdom today. And as I said, I think we will definitely need to speak trauma-specific genetics we'll a little to, later. Yeah. But thank, thank you me. for giving your time. It was a pleasure hosting you.
1: No, it was a pleasure. Thank you. You're putting on an amazing show and helping a lot of people. So we're happy to support.
0: Data is dumb was a powerful statement I took away from Kashif. I've had so many people run unnecessary genetics tests and being clueless of what is in the report and what to do with it. If you do want to consider data-driven genetic testing, Kashif is a great resource. You can use the link in the show notes. To get an $80 discount for the DNA 360, test with the DNA company. Have a great day. This podcast is intended to provide helpful and informative material on the subject matter covered in the episodes. The podcast is not acting in the capacity of a doctor or a registered dietitian and is not rendering any professional healthcare or medical service. The information in the podcast is not intended as a substitute for medical advice or services or as treatment or cure for any particular health condition. The advice and tools contained herein may not be suitable for your situation Any medical questions regarding contraindications and cautions or any questions of whether or not to proceed with any practices provided in the show should be referred to qualified health professionals before adopting the same. The podcast specifically disclaims any responsibility for any liability, loss, risk, personal or otherwise which may be incurred As a direct or indirect consequence of the use of information from this podcast or the application adoption of any of the information provided.